Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years, I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform, and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi there. Welcome. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 235. I am recording this on Thursday, April 6th, 2023, and this will go live on April 10th. So you'll be listening to it then or sometime after then. And I am recording this while on vacation in St. Martin. If you've been following my Instagram stories, I've been posting every day uh, and I am here and you know that because you've been watching the stories or maybe you're not watching, which is totally fine. And uh, this is the first you're hearing. And the reason I mention that is because it just, to me, is such an illustration of the portability that um, I've created with the, the lifestyle and the business that I have. And I just so totally love it. Um, it allows me to have freedom that I have never had before and the ability to keep up with what I do from anywhere in the world. And that's something that really prior to the pandemic, I did not have. I was very, very chained, not chained. Let me say a different word. I was very, very, um, I was very much unable to really leave Boston because um, in my mind, and this was just a perception, it wasn't a fact, but in my mind, it was very difficult to find subs for all my classes. And so as a result, I really shied away from ever going away. And that was very much um, a problem in my relationship because Ben wanted to come here to St. Martin where his family has had a home for a long time. And I would always say, I can't go. It's, you know, I'm going to lose the revenue um, from not teaching classes and I'm going to have to get coverage for all my classes. And that went on for years. And every once in a while I would take a break and um, the getting of the subs would reinforce my belief that it was a pain to do it. And, um, and then COVID happened and everything in my in-person side of my business overnight went away. You know, 40% of my revenue and earnings went away overnight. Um, and the need to be any place went away overnight. And 
slowly but surely because I already had the yoga anatomy blueprint learning program because I already had that program and I was already serving teachers inside my program. That became my hyper focus. And because I already had that, like when everybody else was getting on Zoom, I had already been doing meetings on Zoom for years. And when everybody else started building online courses, I was like probably one of the first customers with Thinkific, my course platform, my learning platform for years. So it was really an obvious opportunity for me to just completely dive in 150% into building out that program. And it wasn't my choice really to do that because, but for the pandemic, I would have kept living that lifestyle of teaching classes, which I loved (laughs) and running my program, which I loved teaching children, which I loved doing consulting projects for people, which I loved. All those things were being done in person, except the running of my program, because I wanted to build that out. And I initially built that out because it was scalable, because it allowed me to serve teachers anywhere in the world and allowed me to earn money without having to physically go someplace and teach a class. And so it was really funny when I landed here in St. Martin this time, and I've been back twice last year, but it really was this time that it really hit me that I've fallen into a stride of having a portable business that allows me to do what I love from anywhere. Because I knew coming here that I was going to keep my toe in the water of doing a little bit of stuff. Uh, I guess you could say work. Most people would say doing a little bit of work, but for me, it never feels like work. But I guess you could call it that for lack of another word. And I just kept saying to myself on the plane, like, this is so cool. This is exactly the kind of lifestyle I wanted to build. I wanted to be able to build a business as a yoga teacher that allows me to do it from anywhere and do what I love, which is help yoga teachers build their confidence and skill as fast as possible, not buying into all of the narratives that are out there that you need to wait for years, that it takes a long time, that you need to spend a lot of money, that you need to get a lot of quote unquote hours of of training, that you could do it fast, efficiently, joyfully, happily, easily. And that's the program that I built. And so once I began to, um, once I began to um, really lean into that heavily, it became so easy for me to just um, keep up with that. And so that is what really became like super crystal clear to me this particular trip that prior to coming this time, never, it never really hit me in the face as clearly as, as this time. So the reason I'm starting there is because I wanted to give you just one variation of what is possible for you too. And it doesn't need to look like my story. Um, It can look like your story. And the other reason I wanted to bring this up is because for me, the interesting thing when I look back is, but for the pandemic, I would have never 
leaned this heavily into building out my own program. I would have continued to have that belief that I couldn't survive without the revenue from teaching classes, that it was hard for me to go on vacation and find coverage for my classes. Like all those beliefs that I had, I would have continued to have. And, you know, there was nothing good about the pandemic, really. However, I found that in the ripping off the Band-Aid approach that happened on March, let's see, 13, 14, March 16th, 2020, because my last class I taught in public was March 15th, 2020. In that ripping off of the Band-Aid that day, uh, that opened up a huge door of opportunity for me. And I've just completely gone through it and completely like revamped things and really changed on an inner level as to what I believe is possible for me as a teacher. And so here I am in St. Martin having that revelation. And if you have been watching my stories, you have seen, and I'll just share this if you haven't seen what I've been chatting about on, on Instagram, this week has really been an opportunity for me to really start to uncover that which is hidden. And I don't know if you've ever felt like this, where you felt like you're sort of on the edge of up-leveling, you're sort of on the edge of getting to a new level as a yoga teacher, but there's something blocking you and you're not exactly sure what it is. And that's where I'm at. And it's not so much as a teacher that I feel that way from a leader of teacher, I'm sorry, from a uh, teaching technique perspective, it's more that I feel like there's another level of reaching yoga teachers that I can do that I'm not doing. And I don't know what the block is. And so coming here to St. Martin, I've been doing stories every day where I've been talking about a lot of the mindset themes that I've been experiencing, thinking that you might relate to some of these things as well. This idea of up-leveling, this idea of having unconscious self-limiting beliefs that are blocking you, that are blocking me. And so a lot of the stories I've been doing have been after I've been sitting and meditating because I meditate every day when I come here, I exercise every day when I come here out in nature. You've probably seen the pictures of the, of the staircase that I've been running up and down the outdoor staircase. And so with all of that said, um, this is like a week where I'm really I'm really shaking the foundation of who I am in a good way. And I'm also really excited because before I left, I set up sessions when I return with a hypnotherapist. And um, this is someone that will be working with me to uncover these hidden beliefs and these hidden blocks through the process of hypnotherapy. And so it will involve deep relaxation, guided meditation, and then inquiry questions that will allow me to start to reflect and, and, and get some guidance, not so much in a pure therapy way, but more in a way where I'm reflecting uh, as myself as to what the blocks might be. And she's going to be guiding me with what I'm sure will be some very interesting questions that will allow me to see some things that I'm not seeing by myself. So I look forward to sharing what I feel comfortable sharing with you as those sessions begin as a way to encourage you 
to also do work like that. I think anyone can benefit from it. And five years ago, I would have never hired somebody like this. Actually, five years ago, I hired a neuroscience coach and I got some amazing work done with her and I uncovered a whole bunch of stuff. That was a little more left brain. This will be a little more right brain and a little more in that zone of, of uncovering hidden beliefs. And the neuroscience that uh, coach I worked with did that too, but this will be a little bit more on the woo side, a little bit more on the energetic side. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I wanted to share it with you to, you know, just if it's something that you're interested in as well, or you're curious about it, certainly feel free to reach out to me in the DMs. And again, I'll share with you what I feel comfortable sharing as well as on future podcast episodes here as well. So that's my intro for you. And I wanted to um, also talk about two things. So we've got two sort of main topics for today. One thing has to do with theming classes, theming for your classes. And I'm going to talk about one theme in particular. And the next topic is going to be teacher types, because I just posted something on my Instagram that I thought would make for a good conversation here with you today. So let's first talk about a theme for your class. And it is something that I've been thinking about as it relates to me being here on vacation, because every time I come here to St. Martin, there's so many beautiful spaces and places here at the house where you can get such a beautiful view of the water or the trees or the vegetation or whatever it is, sky to do yoga. And so inevitably when we come here, we come with a bunch of people. So I'm either doing yoga and people jump in, or we set a specific time to do yoga in the morning. And so now when I come, when I came two times last year and I'm visiting here now, I have an opportunity to teach people in real life, IRL, and I absolutely love it. And so that is awesome, especially as it relates to what we were just talking about, that I don't teach a lot of live classes anymore. Now when I come on vacation, I can, and it's so fantastic. The thing is, though, I don't always know. I mean, of course, I know who's going to be traveling with us, but it's not like, you know it's, it's just whoever's here. Right. And then the other thing is it's so windy here. It is impossible to put a yoga mat down. Like even if you're on the terrace and unless you were in the house, but you really don't want to practice in the house when you're here because it's so beautiful on the terrace or, um, by the pool, you don't really want to go to the beach because it's sand. Right. But it's impossible to use a yoga mat here. So now you're thinking as a teacher, okay, if I'm going to lead a bunch of people through a yoga practice and they can't put a mat down and some of them have issues with being on their hands and knees or being on their knees uh, or, you know, have challenges with kind of stability when they don't have the stickiness of a mat, like then what are you going to do? And so this is, this is like such a great um, topic to think about. And of course, for you, as you're listening, you're not going to have the exact same situation because this is unique to here at this house and here in this place in the world. But when you go in to teach your classes, you're going to have variations of the theme. You're going to have a class with beginners and more experienced people. You're going to have a class with a whole bunch of people. You're going to have a class with just a handful of people. You're going to have a class with older people and younger people. Like, all of us going in and teaching classes are all faced with some variation of what I, um, uh, you know, kind of see when I'm here working with 
friends and family that come to visit and, and wanting to share yoga as a, as a wonderful way for people to maintain mobility and, and work towards better health and relax their bodies and all the other benefits that yoga provides. And so the theme that I thought about when I started teaching here on vacation is how this was the theme in my head. And this is part of my intentional sequencing method. And this is a method that's part of my overall method that I use when I work with teachers inside my program called the momentum magic method. And it's a method that is uniquely mine. Nobody else is teaching in this way. And one of the pillars of this method is the sequencing process. And I call it the intentional sequencing method. And what it means is you're starting out with an intention, a clear intention of who the class is for and what's the intention you want to convey to them. What's the purpose? What's the point of the sequence? And so here on vacation, the intention of my sequence, all the classes I've been teaching here has always been high degree of accessibility and high degree of portability. So portability portability, meaning we can do it anywhere on the island, anywhere in the house. We don't need any special equipment, anybody and accessibility, meaning anybody can do it, any level of experience, any issue going on that they're having injury, camping on my knees, challenges with balance, whatever it is. And I want you to know that the reason I picked that intention for my sequencing, my classes here on vacation is because accessibility and portability allows you to teach anywhere, anytime with no prep, completely 100% from what you know and teach confidently. And that's something that as a theme can be so powerful for you as a teacher, because it allows you to do it anywhere. Like if you go on vacation and you randomly meet somebody and they're like, Hey, can you teach me yoga class? Great. If somebody calls you and says, Hey, tomorrow at 9am, can you show up and cover for somebody? Great. If somebody says to you, Hey, I know somebody that needs a private. Can you talk to them today? And they want you to start tomorrow. You can do it. Great. Like this is where I want you to get to. I want you to get to the place where you can teach yoga anywhere, anytime without any prep, not hours building a sequence, not hours worrying about if they're going to like it, not hours afterwards beating yourself up about it or asking people, did you like that? What did you think of that? Not worrying about your cues, not not knowing how to cue, right? It's just right there. And that's what I mean about the momentum magic method with the really specific techniques that I'll teach you if you enroll in my program, you will get to that point. For today, what I wanted to do is speak specifically to this one piece around intentional sequencing as it relates to, you know, kind of this idea of high degree of accessibility and high degree of portability with your class. And so what does that look like? Well, here, literally what it looks like is we really don't do, we don't do anything on the hands and knees. We do do some downward facing dogs, but believe it or not, and this is going to be a little hard to describe in the podcast mode versus a, a video, but when I take them through high to low push-up, I don't have them point their toes in up dog. And you might be like, oh my God, that's blasphemy. How could you do an up dog with the toes tucked? I used to think that, but guess what? I released that thought because there's no right or wrong way. Yes, of course, you open a yoga book. Yes, of course, you're going to see the forms. Yes, of course, there's quote unquote, correct alignment. But is it a problem if you're teaching a class and you're on a super hard tile around a pool and it's going to hurt people's 
feet, the tops of their feet, and they're not going to have as much mobility because they're not on a yoga mat to go between plantar flexion and dorsiflexion. Forget about it. Just keep them in dorsiflexion. So have them go high push up, low push up, up dog with toes tucked, right to down dog. That is going to give so much more accessibility to people than asking them to be flipping their feet into plantar flexion and then dorsiflexion as they go through sun A and sun B. So that's just one example. But one of the things I want you to know and appreciate is that not only is it an example of portability and accessibility, it's an example of me as a teacher not being constrained by the rules of yoga. And that's another narrative that's out there. I should do it this way. I should do it that way. What if I do it this way? Is this right? Is this wrong? There are no yoga police. You can do whatever you want. I just ask you to have a reason. So my reason for having people stay in plantar flexion and up dog here on vacation is because it's super easy for them to do because we're practicing in a place where we don't use mats. So that's one thing there. The other um, variation I use, I'm using in my sequencing here on vacation as I'm teaching classes is we're primarily doing stuff on the back or on the feet. Yes, we're doing a little down dog plank and vinyasa like I just described to you, but primarily because we are not using mats, we're not on the hands and knees, we're primarily doing stuff standing and uh, on the back. And so what the sequences are looking like is I'm starting people on their back. We're doing a series of hug the knees into the chest, spinal twist, um, hand to toe pose to ex open the open the hips and, and uh, turn on the external rotators. We're doing um, a lot of you know, standing postures, and we're just moving from standing pose to standing pose without doing high to low push up in between. We're doing a lot of balancing postures. We're doing some seated poses, taking people from Paschimottanasana to reverse tabletop and a little bit of a vinyasa there. And we're doing some seated half pigeons instead of half pigeon where they're facing the floor. Um, and we're doing some bridges for glute, act, glute max activation. So there's just a lot of things that I'm doing with this overarching minds, overarching intention, accessibility, portability. And so you can use this theme in your class and just pick your own way that this theme is going to show up. So that's what I wanted to start out with there. So the next thing that I wanted to share with you is this teacher type uh, framework that I created. And I put this in an Instagram post. So you can always go and look at the post. I'm going to walk you through it here. So I want you to uh, think about the answer to this question. What yoga teacher type are you? And I'm going to read you a couple of types. So first I'm going to read you the types and then I'm going to describe them because I want you to see when you hear the types, if they resonate with you, um, even before I give you the description. And it may be that you feel you're a blend of some. So first one is the overdoer. Next one is the overtalker. Next one is the worrier. Next one is the people pleaser. And next one is the repeater. So I'll read those again. The overdoer, the overtalker, the worrier, the people pleaser, the repeater. 
So let's now go through them and I'll give you a little bit for each one. So the overdoer is someone who is overdoing it. It's a teacher who is practicing almost the entire sequence or the entire sequence with their class. It's someone who feels that they need to do that because they feel their students need to have them practice with them. It's someone who is practicing the sequence they're going to teach before they go in to teach it. So they're practicing it two or three or four times before they go in to teach it. And they're also writing out a whole bunch of notes for the sequence because they're concerned that when they go in to teach the class, they're not going to be able to remember their place in the sequence. So they need the notes there as a safety net. And along with this, it's probably somebody who is changing their sequences all the time. And that's why they need to overdo all this stuff because they never give themselves a chance to build stability and confidence and expertise in teaching a sequence because they think the students need them to change it all the time. Newsflash, you don't. <laughs> the next type is the over-talker. So the over-talker is a teacher who, instead of giving maybe two or three specific cues for every pose, they speak in full sentences and they say five or six things to do for every posture. They're constantly, regularly talking through the class. When they stop talking, they feel the weight and the space of the silence, and that brings up anxiety, and so they keep talking. This is a teacher who, until they get to Shavasana, there really is very little silence. And even then, it's a stark contrast to what they've been experiencing the whole class because the whole class, they've pretty much been talking. The next type is the worrier. The worrier is a teacher who is regularly worrying, is somebody going to get hurt in my class? Are these students liking my class? Oh my God, is that a teacher in my class? What is she or he or they going to think? Um, what if I lose my place in the sequence? Like all these series of worries. The fear that someone's going to get hurt, that is probably the strongest um, worry that they have. This is also a teacher who you know, really gets into a lot of ruminating after they leave class. Oh, I should have done that better. Why did I mess up in that class? Oh my God, that person didn't look like they were having fun. And it's really hard for them to get to sleep. It's really hard for them to relax after class. They notice other sensations like heart beats faster. They might, you know, get a little perspiring from nerves. And so that is the worrier. The next type of teacher is the people pleaser. The people pleaser teacher is the kind of teacher who always wants to please their students. They want to be sure and they're very attached to their students' perception of the class. They want to be sure the students are liking the class. They're very fixated on how many people are in the class, if they're liking class. They're the type of teacher who will say after class, so what'd you think? Or might teach a lot of free classes, no, free classes to people in their family and friends sphere and afterwards say, what did you think? Did you like that? Did you think that was good? 
this person is very concerned about what other people think about their classes. I'm going to go into this a little bit after, but just, I want to make the point right now. You cannot control what people think about your class. That's all I'm going to say there for now. And then the last type is the repeater. The repeater is a teacher who is constantly saying the same cues over and over again. They're sort of tired of hearing the same cues over again. Who knows what their students feel, but they don't feel like they have any freedom to say things any different way. They just have the script they got from teacher training. And that's why that's really all they can say. And when they feel the urge or the need or the desire to say something different, they typically are using cues they hear from a teacher they watched on YouTube or somebody's other, somebody other somebody else's class they took. And they're then going into their class and sharing a cue they heard because it sounded cool, but they don't know what it means, but at least it's better than saying the same thing over and over again. That is the repeater. So let me just go back over them again now that I've given you the description and you can think about what blend you are or which one. What I would really suggest you do is think about which one is the most predominant in you because that's the one we're going to address first because that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. If we address the one that you're predominantly associating yourself with, that's going to give you the biggest result if you fix the problem associated with that type. So we have the overdoer. We have the overtalker, we have the worrier, we have the people pleaser, and we have the repeater. So I'm just going to say a couple of quick things about each type, but I'm not going to go into the solutions because number one, for the solutions to these problems, I work with teachers one-on-one -on -one to fix these problems. Number two, for the solutions, I'm also going to give you a lead-in at the end of this episode, which is coming up in the next five or so minutes to get you started. So let me just give you like a taste. So the overdoer is the teacher who thinks they need to practice with their class all the time. Number one, that is a belief. That is not a fact. All of this verbiage out there about my students are quote, visual learners is really just an excuse that teachers say, you don't know how your students learn. It's just because you're hearing this narrative that's out there that people are visual learners. Yes, of course, people are visual learners, but that doesn't mean they can't learn by doing. And the more you continue to practice with them, the, if they are visual learners, the more dependent you're going to make them be on only learning from a visual uh, framework. So all of that is belief. If you can detach from that, the quickest thing you can do to break up with your practice as the source of your cues, because that's really why people practice with class. They practice with their class because they don't have a strategy around cueing and they're not effective at sharing cues unless they're doing the practice. And that's the source of their cues. So if you want a quick way to break up with your practice as the source of your cues, don't put your hands on the ground ever. If you're going to do a couple of things, do stuff from standing. That's all I'll say about that. More to follow in a moment. The over-talker, the quickest solution you can get or do or implement to stop being an over-talker is to use three cues only per pose and have them be action cues based on what you know. So that's all I'm going to say about that. The worrier, the best way to get immediate results and drop that worrier persona is to acknowledge 
that you cannot control what your students think. Just start to acknowledge that. <laughs> it's gonna take some time because right now you're in a place where you really believe that you can affect how they feel. There's a lot of mindset around this particular teacher type, mindset work that needs to happen. And it's probably because you're a worrier in your life and you're probably trying to control people in your life. Because remember, remember my friend, we go into teach class, we're the same person with the same limiting beliefs as when we're not teaching. And so if we are a worrier in our life, we're gonna be a worrier in the studio. The next, the people pleaser. The people pleaser is the one who's constantly asking for feedback and is constant. Like this is the teacher who, if they're standing in the doorway and somebody comes into the studio and says, oh my God, can we do lots of core today? They would be like, oh, sure, no problem. Even though they had practiced for the past week, a particular sequence, and it didn't specifically have a core focus. Now they're going to be freaking out like, oh my God, I have to do a core focus because this person wanted a core focus. So the quickest way to break the habit of being a people pleaser is to stick to your plan and to stop asking for feedback, to stick with your plan and to stop asking for feedback. And the last one, the repeater, the best way to stop being a repeater is to use the strategy I've mentioned before, teach from action and only cue based on what you know. This one's a little bit harder to fix because it really, the reason people repeat the same cues all the time is because they don't understand anatomy. And when you don't understand anatomy, all you have is the script. You don't have a way to cue on the go, to cue in the moment, to rephrase in the moment, because all you have is the script, right? It's like, if I'm acting on a soap opera, all I have is the script. If the person I'm acting with says something off script, now I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to say? I don't know because he's off script. This is exactly the problem with the repeater. All they've got is what they're saying over and over again. And underlying it is a real lack of knowledge of movement. So if someone's not moving in the way they're supposed to be moving, now what are you gonna do? And that's why oftentimes this teacher type is always online, spending hours online, looking for what other people are saying but then going in and just saying that doesn't fix the problem because it's like putting icing on a cake that's not cooked, right? That doesn't help because now you're in a worse situation because now you're sharing from what you don't know and that doesn't lead to confidence. So that is a quick fix there. So the last thing I'll say to this is the following. In order to get, your go in order to get you going on the path to fixing these problems, much better than just the little suggestions I gave here. DM me the teacher type that you most associate yourself with, and I will set up a momentum call with you. This is not a coaching call. This is a not a discovery call. It's not a sales call. It's a call to get you going in the momentum of fixing the problem. So don't DM me if you don't want to get on the phone, if you want to play the DM game. This is not the kind of teacher I'm looking for. I'm looking for teachers who want to fix the problem so that they can get more confidence and skill as a teacher. So if that's you, I want you to DM me the word momentum call with the teacher type you most associate yourself with. And I'll set up a call with you within 72 hours and we'll get you going with 
a way to fix the problem so that you can get better results as a teacher. And when you get better results as a teacher, your students get better results when they come to your classes. And I don't just mean physical results. I also mean mental results and physiological results. They get deeper relaxation. All of that is a reflection of you. You can't control how they feel, but 100,000%, the better prepared and knowledgeable and skilled you are, the better experience they will have. And I want you to really, as I'm wrapping up here, appreciate the paradox there. I'm not talking out of two sides of my mouth. You can't control their experience, but absolutely the things you can control that you do control will affect their experience. And most of the time it will be in a positive mode. It's just that you can't 100% control that. But the whole point of it is that because you can't control any of their perception, there's all the things that you can control that are about you and how you show up. And that's why that's a thousand percent the emphasis that I put on. I put the emphasis on you. And wouldn't it be amazing to have somebody as a mentor who's actually putting the emphasis on you? You're not going to be with 50 or 60 or a hundred other people. You're going to be one-on-one -on -one working with me. And that's why that is a huge component, that individualized, personalized, curated experience that every single teacher gets that works with me inside my program as they experience the Momentum Magic Method. So I want to thank you so much for listening today. Send me a DM on Instagram with any feedback, any thoughts about this episode, any places where you feel like you moved a little bit. And Yes, I am asking for feedback. Now, does that mean I'm attached to it? No, but in this context, of course, I would love to hear from you and love to hear anything you thought about this. Do I tie my identity to it? No. And I just wanted to add that piece, not, not because I'm trying to be a jerk, but because I want you to understand that this paradigm of feedback is a really tricky thing. And so I just wanted to add that in here because it relates to one of the things we, we talked about in the episode. But primarily, of course, send me the DM if you want to set up a, a momentum call and include the teacher type that you most resonated with. Okay, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you on the next episode. And thanks so much for listening and being with me here today on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop page, and I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and you'll see the listing in the dropdown for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page, the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page. And it's a way that you can access 
educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, or you have maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes that you wanna to devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. And all of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information, and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit, and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.